welcome back to a new podcast of Dive Deep with Lavinia. It's your host, Lavinia. Today, I'm here with a friend that I haven't seen for such a long time. It is Sasha. Woo! Hey, you can say hi. Hi, everyone. (laughs) And so uh, a little background before I introduce Sasha to all of you guys is that me and Sasha are both in the same university. And um, on our last year, we get to work together in our fashion society. And she's my president. And she's such, such a great person. And um, so she has amazing craft business, um, airing business around um, sustainability. So I was always really curious about sustainability because, you know, I'm from Hong Kong and (laughs) here it's like, nope, not really so much about, you know, sustainability or knowing more to protect the environment. It's just starting and gradually spreading out so I always had the idea to wanting to know more about this and wanting to know more about how you know building business around sustainability so today's topic is on building business around craft and sustainability and I think Sasha is like the perfect person to talk about on this thing so Sasha, do you want to like introduce yourself to to the audience, you know, talk about why you want to start this business and yeah, just about you. Yeah, what an amazing introduction. Thank you, Vinya. So gosh, yeah, Fashion Society is amazing. It was such an opportunity to meet Lavinia. We did so many brilliant things together. And um, one of the fantastic things I've done, as Lavinia was saying, this year has been to run my own um, sustainable earring business. I have absolutely loved doing it. And now that we've both graduated, well, you you have as well, haven't you? Yeah. (laughs) Just to check. Um, Now we've both graduated I'm actually gonna be continuing it just on the side um and I'm really really excited to kind of start this new step um into adulthood it's quite weird yeah Yeah, I know it's like I'm stepping into 20 years old and graduating from university I don't know if you have like further plans of like getting more education or you're just like oh I'm just gonna try and you know continue on this business first Yes, so I'm really interested in work and start earning some money. I absolutely loved um, university. It was one of the best things ever. And sociology and criminology. However, I am just so excited to get into the working world. And I've been doing an internship this summer and hopefully I'm going to continue with this um, company. It's in fashion, which is definitely one of my passions um but I I just uh, I love having little side hobbies and so having Sasha B is just the best thing I can finish up work and then have a little go at making earrings and bracelets and necklaces and just have a little creative craft time to myself I love it (laughs) Mm -hmm. so what what started like all of this like earring stuff because like for me when I started mines I was like more like oh it's just like a hobby I'm bored <laughs> I don't know what I'm gonna do for the summer like how did you start because you started really early like when did you start the year so I started in January 2018 which now seems like quite a while ago yeah quite strange 
but yeah it was never an intention to actually start a business I'd always loved doing hobbies and crafts um just a very creative person I grew up in the countryside and I think that not being able to go and be friends all the time I was actually creative all all of my Mm -hmm. was in first year yeah and I had a couple of pairs of earrings that I'd made birds on my gap year and one of my friends oh my god please can I wear those on a night out and I was like yeah of course you can and she came back and told me that every single person literally everyone had been like oh my god where did you get those earrings they're so amazing and I was like oh this is quite cool actually she's like you need to start a business you need to make some more of these and so it wasn't even me saying let's start a business it was one of my friends coming back to me and with all the feedback she had she said you need to make more of these this is amazing and Mm -hmm. it was just that the tassels were really really in fashion and so I literally bought a few threads and some earring hooks and I watched a YouTube tutorial on how to make the puzzle and I made some more pairs and then set up like a little makeshift studio in my uni kitchen and with one of my flatmates we did a mini photo shoot and then made an Instagram account and it was all just complete trial and error and just popped all the photos on and we got so much good feedback back that I decided just to continue and I kind of just haven't stopped (laughs) yeah I mean I love how like everything is you know you get it all thrifted and you know it's simple and it's nice and it's easy to like you know carry around and it's just really good idea because and especially like when you get it from your friends I think it's such a motivation when all your friends are like you're doing such a great job and I think you should like expand it and show different perspectives of how you create it stuff so I really wanted to ask you like how did you came up with the name Sasha B for like your brand because I know, is it because of like your surname or like other reasons behind that? Yeah, so this is something people ask me a lot actually. So mm-hmm. again, I feel like everything with my business has just been very spontaneous. Um, <laughs> one of my flatmates and one of my best, best friends, she calls me Buzzbee, even though my name is Bushbee. And it was just something she, she always called me. And at the time that I was brainstorming for names, I was kind of coming up with things like tassel hoops and that sort of stuff. And it, it was not so catchy. Um, it didn't really feel like a brand name. And then she was saying, she was just all the time, she was just calling me Sasha Busby, Busby. And I was like, oh, it could be quite cool to have my name as like Sasha B. And then so we're like okay cool let's make my Instagram that and then I typed in Sasha B with two E's and the username was taken and I was distraught (laughs) and so we put an extra E on the end and so quite often people spell it wrong but Mm. uh, it has three E's and there's literally no other reason other than the Instagram handle was taken but now it just feels part of it and I actually look at two e's and i'm like no that's spelled wrong <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like 
a little. <laughs> yeah, but like I also see that um, your account because I was in your on your account the other day, and I see that you did kind of like cooperate with like a bee company that you know with your name as Sasha B. I was like thinking like, oh, does it have any like relation to you know you want to be protecting you know bees or it's just like oh there's some kind of relation between them yeah there's definitely a relationship there and now it's a massive branding point as well so I have a bee stamp which is adorable with this gold ink and I stamp all my things with that and it's on my logo and everything I do is now like hexagonal as well so it is a massive area of branding and also I think that it does just have that really nice environmental sustainable touch because saving the, bee the bees is obviously such an environmental thing and having a sustainable business it's so interlinked and so maybe subconsciously it kind of it all just kind of tied in very nicely together I think and so I have in the past donated a proportion of my um earnings to saving the bees um I have actually been moving on to working with garment workers um, more recently, just whatever is most appropriate at the time. Because um, I really, I believe in having a business that I can share my kind of success with. And so I was, um, over COVID, I was donating 50% of my profits to garment workers who were suffering because of COVID. And I hope to go back to working with B charities again. Um, as obviously they are so so crucial for the world and for a healthy ecosystem but over COVID it just seemed so much more appropriate to work with families in need so yes it, it definitely does have an environmental touch to it comes and goes because <laughs> mm -hmm. um, we're going to talk a bit more about the sustainability part because now that we've kind of knew that you know the name also has some kind of relation with like being environmentally protecting um but i always really want to like you know know more what actually is sustainability and maybe what is sustainability in your own perspective and of course um you're achieving it through your airing business but you know what what does Sasha be this brand and your perspective of sustainability like kind of moves you on forward you know to continue on in advocating for sustainability yeah I think that sustainability is such a difficult word because yes by definition it means kind of meeting the needs of today without compromising for the future but it's so open-ended and it's a really really complex term in essence and so I try with Sasha B to have a sustainable path and I also really try to define that to my um, customers because I think that transparency is so important and that's actually one of the steps within sustainability as well so for me I guess sustainability means making products that don't have a negative environmental impact and making sustainability easy for customers to make it not a thought for customers 
because what I truly believe is that it is responsibility of the brands to have to be educated about what resources are good and bad for the environment because putting the onus on the customer I don't really think that that's where we should be heading I think that it's the responsibility of the brands so with Sasha B what I try to do is ensure that all of my materials are resort all of my materials are sourced responsibly and that includes packaging as well I was thinking about this this morning actually that packaging is just one of the most simple ways that every brand can be responsible because it is so feasible to not to use plastic packaging and only use recyclable packaging with Sasha B I try to go the extra mile and all of the paper and card I use is from recycled sources but just in little snippets of your business like little pockets you can as a brand ensure that you are not having an environmental negative impact so that's kind of where Sasha B lies I think just being conscious about the materials we're using and promoting sustainability but not throwing it down people's throats I think because actually too much can feel so overwhelming so I think just making it easy for the customer and just being there and being transparent about what you're doing is then it makes their lives much easier and they can buy a product without having to worry about the environmental impact. They can buy something that they, they want to buy because they love the look of it. And it has that bonus there that the brand has sorted out the sustainability aspect of it. Yeah. Cause lately I've been kind of reading something that was related to sustainability. And I think, um, a lot of the brands outside, um, they advocate sustainability, but one thing that I find really hard is because I, I, I haven't been learning anything about sustainability until I came to UK and the environment and how everyone is, um, you know, having a voice in protecting the environment. And that is where I learned that actually, you know, the simplest way and how you can do sustainability is like you need to know what you're you know doing of course you, you'll be like oh i recycle stuff every day but like you need to know whether that thing is recyclable but it's just like you know over here it's just nothing related to it but i also think that brands itself has to be transparent they have to make you know make sustainability easy for customers to manage because once it's hard, people will be like, mm, uh, it's a bit too hard for me to manage. I'd rather, you know, find in the brand that is easy for me to get similar or like same amount of products, but, you know, less stuff for me to think about. So I think it's really nice that, you know, your brand is, you know, creating beautiful things, but on the side, there is the sustainable part that, you know, telling your customers that you know these are all like thrifted i'm supporting different people um on at the same time but i'm also providing you things that it's recyclable and so you like by purchasing what i've created you have been part of um supporting sustainability at the same time right Uh, yeah it's it's quite difficult because i think knowledge is power 
when it comes to sustainability you really have to know and even myself who I I kind of deem myself as being quite environmentally conscious but I find out new things every single day and there's news articles that shock me every single day and so I can't even imagine what it's like to not know um, a lot of the negative environmental impacts I did my dissertation about sustainability and fast fashion and the number of people who actually had no idea the negative impacts of buying fast fashion. It was shocking, but it's not their fault. I really don't think that the customer should be blamed. I think it's the, the onus of the brands to not be doing these harmful processes in the first place. It's, yeah, it's, it's really complicated. And I think just making sustainability easy for people. But also, we still want to make beautiful products because in reality, if you're just the normal customer and you're going to buy something, you're buying something because of what it looks like or because of the use of it. You're not buying it because of the sustainability aspect. But if there's a beautiful sustainable product versus a beautiful fast fashion product and they cost the same price, then yes, you can make that sustainable choice and the brand can make it easy for you. But we have to be on a level playing field here because I think that in the past, sustainable products were so associated with kind of loose linen yoga mums, that sort of stuff. And everything was very light colored and there was very much a stereotype around sustainable products. But now, even the last five years or so, sustainability is really taking a new turn. And there are so many incredible new products that are sustainable, but you wouldn't even know by the look of it because it's not that stereotype. Yeah, because honestly, I've, after being in UK and learning from you guys, I feel like I've been trying more and more to think about what is most like sustainable or most environmentally friendly um, on my side or on anything that I'm trying to do because it cultural in all like most of my podcasts like I talk a lot about how different it is growing up here um, in Hong Kong and I think actually over here um advocating for environmental protection and sustainability is starting to grow but there's inevitably people here are like oh I don't want to do a lot of like bothering about this and that so it's quite hard to start a business that is proclaiming sustainability because um, they would be like I don't really care I just really care if the product is good enough or um, that clothing is good enough i was talking to another friend the other day because we were talking about you know um sustainable brands as in clothing brands um relatively when it's made from the items are recycled usually it's um at a higher price the reason why it's there is because it's ready for you to you know use it for 10 20 years but over here you know cultural difference <laughs> they're like why do i want to spend something that's 50 pounds when i could spend something that's five pounds like that so it's a little bit difficult but what would you recommend 
to you know people who's trying to bring up sustainable into their brands in like a bigger frame like not like for us like we're doing crafts so it's easier for us to you know start small but for bigger ones you know now that we both might want to walk into you know the fashion industry like how would you recommend people to do gosh it's such a complex issue it's really it's really good to have a variety of perspectives on this um I think it is, as you say, so much easier for small brands because you are aware of all of the processes. For example, I'm hand-making jewellery in my bedroom. There is no outsourcing of anything. I make everything by myself. I know that I'm being paid a fair wage and I know exactly where all of the materials are coming from. It's, It's actually a huge amount more complicated when you're a big brand and you are working in a business and you have never met half of the people or even like 90% of the people who work in the business you don't really know you've never gone down that path you've never seen where if you're making a cotton t-shirt where does that cotton grow have you met the farmers that make the cotton what about when it's spun what about when it's dyed do you know the impact of the village of the people where it's died at do you know if if the the chemicals are leaching into the water system you don't know it's such a complex issue even just making a simple t-shirt it's not like having a small business if you're a big brand it's it's just endlessly complex and so I think that as we mentioned earlier, like packaging, that is one of the really small steps that you can take that can have a massive impact. If you think about the number of ASOS bags that will go around the world every single day. And then I think that some companies have been moving to kind of recyclable packaging, such as Amazon. I know that everything I get from Amazon now, it comes in recyclable cardboard, which is fantastic. And that is just one step that you can take which actually has such a massive impact and a positive impact on the environment so I think that from my point of view it's just taking those little steps one by one you make a list of the thousands of processes in your company and you just tackle them one by one and you make sure that you do it right and that you really really know exactly what is happening in your business. I think having that awareness and then being open with customers as well. I really think the customers appreciate that honesty and that transparency. And even if you can't change something overnight because the impact will be colossal. Think about if you had to raise all of the the prices of your clothing, then you've got all your competitors. It's, It's just it would be so um, negative on the business. It's something that needs to come as kind of everyone needs to acknowledge that this change happens and we need to do this in baby steps. And I think one other thing I'd, I'd really mention is that changing consumers' opinion on pricing because people are delighted when they buy a bargain and something's really, really cheap. People are so happy when they have saved money But actually, if you think about the other side of that, think about the people whose lives have been put at risk. I know that sounds drastic, but it's it's true. And if you think you're happy about buying this T-shirt, which has had a negative impact on some communities' water systems and 
some people there's so much migration around the world because of all the climate change and think about all these things that are happening around the world and you are happy about buying that t-shirt when you can spend more you can spend just a little bit extra to buy something that actually is positive on the planet i think that just changing that consumer perception around price and yeah it's just that would be such an incredible first step to take i think the small businesses are really doing um wonders for this i bought this dress last week from this small brand um it's an actually gorgeous dress and i spent 80 pounds on it and i would never have spent 80 pounds on a dress to me that is crazy but what the girl does is she made this transparency receipt um, and she posts that like with all the product photos and it shows you exactly where all your money of that 80 pounds is going. It breaks it down and you can see how much of that has gone into the fabric, how much of that is her time, how much of that is going into pro- profit. I think 20 pounds of that was profit. And I was like, that is crazy. And just being aware of the, the breakdown of where your money is going is honestly eye-opening and I'm I'm so happy to get this dress and I I actually really thought about it and I was like do I really want this do I really want this when am I going to wear this and I think having that um kind of question and conversation with yourself before buying a product rather than oh yeah it's so cheap let me buy it and then realizing next week oh I've never actually worn this it doesn't really fit quite right but when you're spending a little extra money you're not gonna you're not going to buy small cheap things because you've, you spent that money and you're really happy with that product and you know exactly where your money's gone. You've made a conscious decision that you're going to wear this a lot because you love it and you know, you just know that you love this product rather than, oh, I'm just going to get it because it's cheap. Yeah, that that is crazy. Like the the brand literally shows you every single thing. I think really interesting you know showing you know giving you a very transparent check of like oh i i spent like 60 dollars in this one or like 20 dollars in this part and things like that this is how brands can communicate with your customers you know telling them and knowing like this is all the hard work that i have put in in to create this product for you and you know by you buying this product you are joining me in a journey of keeping the world a better place but of course we're going to move a little bit back into your brand because you know sustainability itself is very complicated and very you know personal it's from our personal experience and you know your personal experience in creating your brands and your experience in that but we're going to move a little bit back to you know your brand Sasha B I know that you have a lot of like things going on right now um you have bead cycle upcycling you know brand ambassadors um what else do you have yeah I'm really trying to do new things and shake the boat (laughs) so yes I'll I'll just break down those things so we you mentioned um bead cycle so I started this scheme and it actually was inspired by H&M's um, kind of clothes recycling scheme. And so you can drop off old clothes to H&M and you get a voucher in return. And I was like, why can't we do this with jewelry? It makes perfect sense. And I have so many 
um, old necklaces, bracelets, earrings that I remade into new jewellery. And I get all of my beads and um, threads from charity shops anyway for like craft fairs and like secondhand markets and that sort of stuff. And so I was thinking, actually, there's so many people who have old jewellery and what do you do with it? You throw it in the bin or you give it to the charity shop. Let's kind of close that loop a little bit and work actually um, with the consumers themselves. And so um, basically bead cycle works where you can send in old jewellery to Sasha B and you get a voucher um, in exchange for it. And then I will make your old jewellery into new pieces. And it just is focusing on closing the loop and I think just really uh, raises awareness of the fact that we can use old things and make them into new things. And it's just as nice. (laughs) So then upcycling, so that kind of goes off of that, basically just using old materials and creating them into new things. I absolutely love taking photos of befores and afters to show people the process of making the jewellery. Um, I think people really, really love seeing what you can make. I know that I personally love all of those TV shows where you can see like the befores and afters in houses and like makeovers. I think that it's just a little obsession and I know that other people share that as well. It's really, really fun to see how things can be changed and made into beautiful new products. And it also just makes your consumers aware of exactly where your materials are coming from. And you, I think that they feel that they're sharing that with you as well. And I know that Franz has sent me jewelry before and they're like, please show me what you make it in. <laughs> like, what do you make out of this? And they absolutely love seeing it. And then the final thing we mentioned was brand ambassadors. So I have recently been recruiting little bees to help me share the love with Sasha B and I did focus on university students but actually some of my incredible ambassadors are around university age or a little bit older and I basically wanted um, to reach new people and use brand ambassadors for that and so I offer my bees <laughs> um, commission on any products that they sell and they just basically share any posts that I do and sell products for me, which is fantastic. It's less work for me and they get a benefit out of it. <clears throat> it's all round fun and fantastic. So I'll tell you a little, little bit more about my ambassadors because um, basically I sent out a recruitment, um, what do you call it? Like a job advert and I advertised for um, young people to join the team and I really, really wanted to focus on diversity to have a wide range of people. I think that is so important, especially, especially now. I think that it's, it's a lot of people have raised awareness about this and I think it's really important to have a diverse range of people for representation and yeah, (laughs) obvious reasons. Um, And then I got a bunch of incredible applications, but everyone was cis and white and female and able-bodied and fit in the kind of majority in indented 
things, quotations, you can't see that, but <laughs> um, yeah, the majority group. And this saddened me a lot, actually, but there's nothing I felt that I could do at the time. And then I posted releasing who my incredible ambassadors were, and I had this um, person comment on my post saying, I'm actually going to unfollow you. I think that it's really bad that you don't have a diverse range of ambassadors. And then she blocked me. And I felt that that was such a negative comment. And I'm, I'm so fine for people to talk to me and to raise this, um, this issue. I, I really am open to conversation and open to change. But she actually shut down the, the whole conversation by blocking me. And also didn't clearly take the time to look at the posts that I'd done um, welcoming ambassadors and recruiting ambassadors. It was really, in my eyes, I really, really felt that I was trying to be diverse. Obviously, being um, white and female and cis myself, it's difficult. I have to really, really educate myself to understand um, what diversity means but I felt that I was really trying to make it open and inclusive. Um, so what I've done now is I released a statement and I've opened up the space for more ambassadors with a focus on non-whites. There's so many different groups. I don't want to just categorize everyone into one other ethnicity because that's I feel like that's really wrong but anyone who is not white they and anyone who is trans and disabled and even men like I really I yes my in my eyes my jewelry is is very female focused but honestly I'm open to absolutely anyone um I don't want this to be ageist as well and so I'm trying to just open open up applications and open up Sasha B to have a more inclusive community because I think that that is so important. I know this has gone off sustainability a little bit, but I think that all of these issues are so intersectional and so connected that, yeah, it's so important these days to be aware of this. I, I definitely agree because I have been following the post. You guys should all go and follow Sasha's, like, Instagram account. I'm gonna connect everything afterwards. Uh, but check out her like earrings on Sasha B because I think I've seen the whole process. I've seen like I really love the idea that spreading out diversity and in business because um, everything nowadays is just kind of connected. Um, you can't say like, oh, I'm gonna separate each and like, I'm just gonna do diversity. I'm just gonna do sustainability. Like somehow it's still interconnected, but it's very unfortunate that that person on Instagram was like that. But I think it in the public eye, kind of inevitable that they're in, in Instagram, this world of like Instagram, um, people would think um, that you're not going to improve or anything. They might be following you for a long time, but I think there, there's always going to be people who's talk, talking bad things to you. But I think as long as you know what you're doing, especially like small business like us, like it's a very steep journey on. Um, but I think what you're doing right now is a, a really good job and you know you're you're showing your sustainable side you're also showing that you know you're willing to accept all kind of diverse people and I think this is 
perfect. <laughs> but um, we're gonna uh, with one more thing before we end the podcast and um, definitely talk a little bit more about craft because um, doing craft in in different places um, have been really impacting me quite a lot. Um, I think I've been posting a lot about how I've came back um, over here and I feel like it's so tough to you know being accepted for doing craft over here but it was quite different when I was back in you know UK and maybe you can talk a little bit about you know how craft was in your perspective and like in UK because I know there's a lot of people who do a lot of craft on Instagram but over here it's not really that that much but it is not being so much like recognizing. Yeah, this is such an interesting topic, I feel, because my perspective is obviously so different to yours, um, having lived in Hong Kong and me in Scotland. It's, it's, yeah, it's such an interesting topic. To me, I have always done crafts. It's so integral to my life. And since I was very, very young, I've had the biggest art cupboard. I've loved just making things all the time. I had this book when I was younger that was a hundred things to do on a rainy day. And I think I went through every single activity you could do. <laughs> it's just so, so much a part of my childhood and my upbringing. Um, so to hear that it's, it's not um, so accepted necessarily or not so the done thing in Hong Kong, that's so strange to me. Um, so I think actually hearing your perspective is so interesting. Um, but to all you Hong Kong listeners, I can um, shed a light on what it's like here. So I think that for me, um, I know so many people, especially over lockdown, just started their own craft business. People who have started doing embroidery, sewing, knitting, creating face masks, everything that you can do. I know that people absolutely love making um, those resin earrings. Um, I'm not entirely sure the proper word for it. But yeah, um, I think everyone, I think in the UK, it's actually really, really encouraged. I don't know if this is a very privileged thing as well, coming from my perspective, that it's actually more of a middle class thing. But um, from my personal perspective, I think that actually creativity is so encouraged here and that it's um, a very given thing to to start up craft businesses and create an Instagram and be like, these are my creations. Look at this. And even be like a plant mom and that sort of stuff. Um, it's, it's just so accepted here. I don't think anyone um, blinks twice when um, anyone's being crafty. So I think that it's so strange to me to hear that actually that's not the done thing in Hong Kong. And I think I'd seen on your Instagram that you are taking a break from doing your earrings. And that really saddened me because I think that it should be so accepted. Um, I think that it should be accepted everywhere. I think the creativity really should be um, cherished and everyone should be able to have that, that choice and that, that um, yeah, that chance to, be creative. I know that some people, it's the last thing they'd want to do to start embroidering. They'd absolutely hate it. They get really bored and things like that. But I think that it should be a choice for everyone. And I know that in the current world situation, that's obviously, there's other priorities. Um, but I think that if you want to be creative 
I think that actually you should never be suppressed and that you should always have that chance if you can, if you have access, obviously, um, to resources. But even things like such small things, I even being creative outside in the wild, like I used to go and build dens <laughs> in the woods and little things like that. I think that creativity comes in so many different forms. But yeah, I'd love to hear more about Hong Kong. <laughs> I think um, over here was, when I was back, I think over here was a bit more of like, you know, marketing and showing how your products are. But also, I think it's trends because over here, um, a bit a, a bit of my own feeling, okay, it's not everyone's feeling, but I feel like it's very uh, commercial and, you know, easy thing, light things. Um cheap um but i think i also have been you know following a lot of uh, brands that also are here and i think it's just something that when you're adjusted to a new place your whole format has to adjust to the environment as well so i think it's nothing to blame but i think if you want to be successful or, or like wanting your your ideas or your products for example like i want my products to show but like show my creative ideas or you know show my designs but behind that maybe i want to show something related to you know sustainability but over here a lot is that first you need to attract the customers first, you know, attract them by how you're marketing it or how the prices are. Um, is it reasonable to, you know, buy a pair of earrings that's like this price or, you know, is it everything's about like reasonable or is it useful for me? Um, and then the by the time you get you know a a group of people who's supporting what you're making then you can start you know advocating for ideas that you have like sustainable or stuff like that because you know they they don't really like stuff slamming into your face about like strong ideas but yeah things are pretty diverse but it's always good to you know hear different people's you know different perspectives on their own business and i really like you know your ideas and what you told me about sustainability because i really want to know more about it on this side of the world <laughs> it's it's just not too much about that so yeah before we end do you want to you know, tell want to translate through this podcast <laughs> i think the if I have advice for somebody who wants to start up their own craft business, I think it's very correct, as you're saying, that know your market. And, um, but also, I think find something that you love doing. Because if you want to turn it into a business, you're going to be doing it all the time. So you really, really have to love it. And I think that finding your niche, and yes, okay, don't preach too much. Don't I'm not going to tell you what to do exactly, but, but maybe um, don't tone down your opinions, but maybe just show a variety or accept other people's um, perspectives. But I think definitely just make sure that you're doing something that you're really passionate about. And if it's slightly different, that's okay. There will be people for you. Don't get disheartened by the fact that maybe the first 10 people you meet absolutely hate what you're doing or it's not for them. That's okay. Because maybe if they were doing something, you necessarily wouldn't like it. But I think just 
find something that you love doing. And then I guess if I have something to leave from about sustainability, it would be, although it is not the responsibility of the consumer to be completely aware of absolutely everything it is a very much um top-down and bottom-up process it's the two combined you still need to to some extent unfortunately educate yourself it is so essential today so even if you just start following a few more accounts on instagram that focus on sustainability occasionally perhaps once a week you'll get a little um post saying oh by the way did you know this by the way have a look at this and just listen to podcasts and just if you have maybe um 10 favorite podcasts that you listen to just make sure that one of those talks about sustainability or one of those talks about inclusivity and diversity and then you're just slowly introducing that into your lifestyle you don't need to go out and make a radical change because I think actually if you suddenly go from nothing to everything is actually really off-putting and you could feel so overwhelmed. Just make those baby steps and don't feel disheartened. That would be my advice. <laughs> that is amazing. Like, of course, everything is starting small, starting learning from what you know first and learning from small steps and that is really this is a really good podcast because you know um if anyone who's listening to this haven't really known about you know sustainability it's a good thing because i think right now like millennials you know new generations really want to be part of something more important than just you know just getting a product or just getting this this clothing that I have I want to know like behind that what is my purpose of getting this this item so I think this is amazing podcast so we know a little bit about everything but you know don't pressure um everyone on that but thank you Sasha for coming onto this podcast I'm so happy you're here so much for having me I've absolutely loved having a catch-up it's been far too long and I really hope that whoever's listening to this even if you just take one little nugget of information it helps you along the way or even if it's not something I've said that you then go on to to find something you didn't know um with our advice so I hope that everyone's enjoyed this and thank you so much for having me I've absolutely loved um yeah chatting on here and if you guys want to follow Sasha B which I'd absolutely love you'll find me on Instagram at Sasha um underscore B with as we discussed three e's and Sasha is spelled with a C, not an S in the middle. Very unique. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to link all of Sasha's, um, her um, Instagram account, and you have to go and check it because it's amazing. <laughs> so thank you, everyone, for listening to this podcast. Um, and as always, subscribe, listen, follow me on Instagram at divedeepwlavinia. Um, send me stuff if you feel like you have things you're worried in life or, you know, stuff you want me to talk about. <laughs> and I'll see you on the next podcast. Bye-bye.